welcome to episode 152 of Brutal Battle. Yes, we are. Uh, we're at a new house, actually. It's a special new house episode. It is a special new house episode. It's Nathan Kalasnik, and this is the Kalasnik's new house. So we're gonna break this thing in by doing some podcast episodes. So the Brutal Battle will kind of, you know, christen the, new in the house. house. Yeah, we moved, we moved in last weekend and got down to the important things like kitchen, bedroom, and beer. Yeah, and now now it is time for the more important stuff. The beers, the beers. So, first off, you know, uh took a little bit of a break from doing anything in the beginning for the last few episodes, but I want to go back to the thing I was doing, the beer autofill that was taking the place of when we were doing the Hop Knowledge. So, Nathan's, because you you, pro- you probably don't know yet, because none nope, of those episodes no have idea. been released. Some people may have forgotten because we didn't do it for a while. Basically, what I'm doing is I'm going on to Google... And I'm typing in the search, how come beer, and then putting a letter in and seeing what comes up. Then we're going to click on one of them and see what the very first thing is, website-based. So today is B. So how come beer, put in B. And these are only three things come up. Two things are about root beer. It says, how did root beer come to be? How did root beer come to be carbonated? And the other one's actually about beer. It is, how come beer tastes bad? So I'm going to click on how come beer tastes bad. Because Budweiser made it? Is, is that, <laughs> it's possible. Is that the answer? The very first thing is a website called Quora. It's, it's usually like forums. So this person posts <clears throat> post on the forum. Because it doesn't taste bad to them, individual tastes vary. I guess they're answering the question, why do... Uh, oh, the question is, why do people drink beer when it tastes so bad? And the answer to it, the first answer is, because it tastes... because. It doesn't taste bad to them. Individual tastes vary, and even among beers, there's a very wide variety of taste profiles to be found. There are certainly some people who don't like the taste of any beer at all, but I've found that exposing people to a wide variety of beer styles usually results in them finding one or more they can enjoy and appreciate, which makes sense. Very true. Good job, Cliff Gilly. Yeah. He's the guy who said it. I mean, I think I've been probably officially drinking good beer for maybe three years now, and it took me about a year to spread from wheats and browns into stouts and pale ales, and then it took me basically about a year of testing various hot profiles and IPAs to find what I What's what I like. Jam? And I've pretty much dialed into, I like the nice fruity, citrusy oh, yeah. type of beers. I kind of shy away from the more piney, malty ones. Yeah, I mean, I think majority of people in the market right now are looking for those citrusy West Coast style IPAs. Um, very popular, but there's a lot of nice piney stuff out there. Like the one that really got me into more piney IPAs was, while well, it was an Imperial, was uh, On the Wings of Armageddon by DC Brow. So, but speaking of IPAs, we have a warm up beer. It's an IPA and it's courtesy of Vince from Golden Crust Pizza. We've talked about Golden Crust quite a bit. Which is only like a mile away from the new house. Yeah, you actually moved closer to that awesome Had a small bit of deciding if we wanted to buy this house or not. We're like, well, it's a lot closer to GCP. We can probably walk there and drink a lot more and be able to walk back if we had to. So that was a nice bonus for the house. The reasons you purchase houses. These are important. So what we have is a uh, Trillium Brewing Company out of Boston, Massachusetts. It's their Summer Street IPA, and was it 7.2%? Thank you in advance, Vince. Trillium's a brewery I've heard a lot about, uh, and it's uh, a a brewery I've only had one beer by uh, in the past. I had their Congress Street IPA, 
So I guess they're naming their IPAs after streets because it's a summer street. Yeah. But yeah, it um, looks like there's a a bit of a map on the label. Well, I can see in the bottom of the bottle there's tons of sediment. Yeah, there's a lot of floaties. A lot of floaties in there. Hopefully that is just broken down hops, just chilling in the, in the liquid because I'm down. All right, I'm ready to taste this. Once again, thank you so much, Vince. You are the man. Yes, thank you very much, Vince. If this tastes anything like the Congress Street IPA, I'm going to friggin' love it. Because I remember really enjoying that beer. Although I had had a bunch of beers prior. So. Oh, I didn't know if you wanted that full thing. Oh, that's fine. Well, I assume it's going to be good, so we'll want to drink it anyway. Yeah. So this is, oh my gosh, it's like very yellow. There's like a slight tinge of orange to it. It's very yellow, though. Kind of hazy, not crazy amount of hazy for the amount of stuff floating in the bottom, um, but definitely hazy. Uh, tons of carbonation, just little little up. bubbles. Yeah, tons of nice carbonation. So <laughs> looks looks tasty. Nice white head. Smells. Oh my gosh! It almost smells like Starbursts. Yeah, there's so much grapefruit in the nose. A little grassy quality in there. Tons and tons and tons of citrus. Maybe a little bit of like a clementine juice aspect as well. Yeah, I can pick up a little bit of that. It doesn't actually smell bitter. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't smell like any bitterness. Mm. It's just like pure citrusy goodness. Oh, let's try it. Ooh, that tastes good. There is some bitterness perceptible on the end, mm-hmm. but there's a lot but- of... Juicy citrus it's, right up front. It's definitely not an offensive bitterness at mm-hmm. all. It's, it's a good bitterness to complement the beer. The mouth feels pretty light, too, but in a good way. It's like nice, it's, light, refreshing. It's very bubbly with the carbonation. In. Mm-hmm. Tons of effervescence on that, um, which makes it even more of like a crisp, refreshing end to each sip. Mm-hmm. Tons of citrus, like I was saying, like grapefruit, that clementine juice type aspect in there. A little bit of the rind flavor when that bitterness comes in at the end. And as I keep taking sips, the bitterness is building a little bit, it but is, it's, yep. it's not too much. It's nice. But it's it's not one of those big IPAs where you have to sip it and like wait 10 or 15 minutes before you get another one to let your tongue mellow down. But it's not exactly an easy drinker where you can just constantly drink it you do have to give it a little bit of a pause to let that bitterness dissipate a little bit to go back for another set and there was a like i was saying there was a grassiness in the nose and i actually taste the grassiness more pronounced than i thought it would be based on the nose uh which is good i'm down with a grassy ipa so and you probably just recently cut the grass of your new lawn so i did first time it took about an hour not not too bad. It was easier than I expected. We have a big hill in the backyard that I thought was going to be a monster. But Did you celebrate them by giving yourself a lawnmower beer after the fact? I did not. Um, we still have our... We actually have a beer set aside for our celebration beer for moving into the house. But nice. we, have, we haven't gotten to it yet because we've been so busy unpacking boxes. So what's the celebration it's beer? It's the, um, the Muhu Kiato. Mm. By what, Terrapin. What we decided to pull out. Nice. Very nice. But we did... Um, the move-in weekend, we got a growler of the Goes Gone Wild. Mm. So we did drink that. That's still water. That is so... Great beer. We still have, amazing. still have a splash left if you'd like. Uh, I won't turn that down. <laughs> we'll we'll get to that. We're going to watch some hockey today, so I'll get to that when... Yes, when we're recording right now, the playoffs are going on. But So one of the things I wanted to talk about uh, on BeerPulse.com, which is a, a good website for people to go to just to get a quick 
quick view of what's going on in the craft beer industry. Um, they have just a bunch of stories, uh, you know, craft beer news. <clears throat> so they had a list come out of based on 200, uh, 2015 beer sales by volume, uh, the top 50 U.S. craft breweries. They, they actually have one list that's like all breweries, so it includes AB and Bev and all that, but they have one that's just craft. So I wanted to look at just craft and go over some of these. I don't know if I want to read. Should I read all 50? Because I could just. I could be well, Probably the top five or ten would be good. Maybe the bottom. Maybe the top five or ten and the bottom five. That might give us a good idea. Maybe, maybe I'll just try to read all of them. Throughout. We can and do then a couple I can, more throughout the episode a little bit. Well, or if it seems. I'll just read them all. And if it seems ridiculous, I'll edit out like after ten or something like that. Yeah. But. All right. So the first. Number one was Yingling. DG Yingling and Son Incorporated out of Pennsylvania. Then you have Boston Beer Company, which is Sam Adams, uh, Sierra Nevada, New Belgium, Gambrinus out of San Antonio, Lagunitas, Bells, Deschutes, Minahas Craft Brewery out of Monroe, Wisconsin. I don't mm. even know what Minahas is. Um, number 10 is Stone Brewing, uh, Ballast Point, Brooklyn, Firestone Walker, Oscar Blues, Duvel Mortgott. You know, Duvel. Dogfish Head is at number 16. It's a little shocking that it's that low. Yeah. Uh, Matt Brewing Company, which does Saranac. Uh, Sweetwater, Harpoon. New Glarus at number 20. Great Lakes. Alaskan Brewing. Abita. Anchor. Stevens Point Brewery at number 25 out of Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Victory. Um, August Shell Brewing. Long Trail Brewing, Summit, Shipyard, Full Sail, Odell, uh, Southern Tier, Rogue, 21st Amendment comes in at number 35, then Ninkasi, Flying Dog, Narragansett, Left Hand, Uinta Brewing at number 40 out of Salt Lake City, Green Flash, Allagash, Lost Coast, Bear Republic, Trogues Brewing at 45. Hmm. Carl Strauss Brewing out of San Diego. Uh, Breckenridge. Eh, Breckenridge is now owned by AB and Bev, though. Well, I guess it's still technically craft beer. but um, North Coast, Four Peaks, and number 50 out of Chicago, Revolution Brewing. Wow. And that's a brewery that I'm a big fan of. You know, Anti-Hero IPA is a hell of an IPA. So, um, do you see... Hear any surprises in there? Um, I was surprised Flying Dog and Trogues were lower, but it's by volume. Yeah. And I don't think maybe they don't distribute as much and since we're local. But, yeah. I mean, it's actually probably pretty shocking that they're in the top 50. It's exciting that they're local and uh, yeah. I, I'm they made, kind the, of, made the list. kind of shocked that Bells is, is at number 7 and ahead of, like, Ballast Point and Stone. Because I thought distribution was more, like, more widespread yeah. for Stone and Ballast Point than Bells. But I might be wrong. And then that uh, number four, the Texas one. I mean, I if it's number four, I feel like I should have heard of it, but I've oh, never, I've never heard of it. Number five, Gambrina, yeah, out of Gambrina. San Antonio. Have you ever heard of it? Heard, but I don't even know any specific beers by Gambrina. So anyone out there listening who's familiar with Gambrina, shoot me mm. an email, let us know about it. So Yingling's kind of surprising. I guess they're considered craft beer to me. They're yeah. more of a macro, just because they don't do anything other than their, you know, three. I mean, have. most of the top ten don't really surprise me just because of 
how big they are. Like, yeah. they're huge names. Um, but this Minhas Craft Brewery as well out of Monroe, Wisconsin. Also not familiar with that, so I just kind of miffed by that. But, I mean, good to see some people, uh, some breweries on there. I mean, really awesome to see Revolution on there. Because I thought Revolution was smaller than being able to make that top 50. But, um, yeah. Oh, Four Peaks, by the way, out of Tempe, Arizona, at number 49, also was purchased by AB and Bev. People should remember that. So there are a few okay. on there, AB brands now, that doing all right. So, awesome. So, um, do you put stock into this? I mean, do you think that people should actually look at this each, each year and say, wow, this matters or it doesn't really matter? Um, I Because it's my volume... So that means they're just producing more, which should mean that they're more popular among the masses. But right. when I on went sales. on when I went on my Westbrook tour, they weren't really interested in expanding that far. They wanted to stay a little bit smaller to you know maintain their their quality. Yeah. So, so I mean that's not. I mean there's plenty of other great breweries I'm sure that didn't make the list just because they may choose to stay small because they don't want it to get out of their hands and into other people's hands because they want to be able to control more of it than trusting somebody else to keep up their quality and they don't want to ruin their name. So if you're seeing this list, would you be like, oh, um, that that reminds me, I should check out this brewery or this brewery probably, because of I, sales? I would probably check out that, the one from Texas if I could find it. Like, Well, they sell a lot, so they probably have good stuff. Um, the other thing is, you don't know, like there, there are other breweries that are just much smaller volume. Like obviously things like Alchemist or like Hill Farmstead. Yeah. Um, Fire, oh, Firestone Walker was on there, but um, smaller ones like and like you were saying Westbrook, like their quality's great, but they just they're just not big and they're not going to be right. Big. Wicked Weed, there's another one. Cigar mm-hmm. City, there's another one. You but know, and then you have Yingling at the top. I would never. Well, I mean, I used to pick up Yingling, but. Back in the day. Now I would never grab one. And uh, I don't know. Too many other options out there. Yeah. The other thing you have to think about is there are some states that are significantly more limited in what their craft beer selection is. Um, like, you know, my my um, grandmother lives in, in Ohio. And near her, you can't... You cannot get barely any craft beer. So there are certain markets where you're just getting the really, really big stuff. Like, you know, you can get Sam Adams there. And I think... You can also get Great Lakes, which Great Lakes makes good stuff. They do, yeah. So, but but those are small choices. So, how many areas are there like that where just the real big boys can get in there and make these sales, which really increases their volume sales? So, I don't know. So, it, to me, I don't put a whole lot of stock in it. It's interesting to just look at, you know. It's a good guide a for just yeah. kind of some name recognition. Like, oh, that one ranked pretty high. Let's try it. But it might not necessarily mean that they're the tenth best option that you have. But that uh, I want to look at real quick the overall one <laughs> because, as you can imagine, the overall like all breweries, Anheuser Busch InBev number one, Miller Coors number two, Pabst Brewing is number three, then Yingling's number four, then Sam Adams at five. Um, you don't get I mean past Sam Adams. You don't get to a really recognizable craft brewery until number seven, which is Sierra Nevada. So, and then eight, eight is New Belgium, and ten is Lagunitas 
And those are like the only like recognizable yeah. craft breweries that you get to in the top ten. So interesting. But A B and Bev sell a lot of stuff. So anyway, interesting uh, little topic. Uh, as I've been continuing to sip on the Summer Street IPA, this is really good. It is quite delicious. Mm. And it's it's important to note it was in a 22-ounce bottle, so we will have more to consume and to share with the ladies in the house. So that'll be awesome. But anyway, I think it's about that time. Let's do the first mystery beers for the new Kalasnik household. And they look like uh, two very good. good options, at least the one I'm definitely interested in. There's a, definitely a stout present. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, we'll just take care of it right off the bat. The look. A is very much... Copper colored. It's like oh, orange yeah. with a yellowish tinge to it. Very clear, uh, decent white head on top. Um, looks like it could be like an IPA or something of the like. Maybe like a lager, Pilsner, something like that. And B is a very dark stout with a little bit of a tan head to it. So let's start smelling A, the one that's much lighter. Oh, smells... You get a little skunky. Smells like a Pilsner, to be honest. But there is a floral with a small amount of citrus hoppy note on that nose. The first thing I do get, though, very, very present, is that Pilsner-y... Um, kind of slightly skunky mm-hmm. nose. I get a little bit of like a like a toasted characteristic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could definitely see it. Uh, yeah, there is a little like bit a of toasted, a toasted wheat or like a... Yeah. Something that's been... That's a really good call. I do get that. That is an interesting interesting point right there. I don't get... Now that I now that I have it swirled up, I don't get as much of that, that skunk flavor, but it, the first smell I took without... without uh, Swirling it up, I got immediate skunk. So it smells to me like most likely it's some sort of hoppy pilsner because that hop characteristic is more than typically get out of normal pilsners. Kind of reminds me a little bit of that um, Weyerbacher Line Street hoppy pilsner that um, Shane and Ross recently brought onto the show uh, to try. And uh, just reminds me of that, so like a hoppy pilsner type. All right, let's, let's taste this bad boy, see if it's what we're smelling. Definitely a, a pilsner, kind of bland yeah. up front, but you do get a little bit of that floral, a little bit of hop at the very end. It's got this weird juice quality to it, in my opinion, like a sweetened lemon juice. I was going to say lemon juice, but it definitely has that very bland, flat taste up front. Very pilsnery though. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of a um, aspirin-y medicinal quality on the I, end as well. I agree with that. Hmm. That's not bad though. Yeah, I'm I'm just in general not a big fan of the pilsner style, but I mean it's definitely better than your Miller Lite Bud Light stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. This is not bad. Um, I can't decide how I fully feel about that kind of like sweeter lemon juice aspect to it because there's still like a decent amount of bitterness playing into it, which mm-hmm. makes it taste a little more odd than it would sound like. Because when you say like a sugary lemon, you think of that sounds sweet great. or sour, yeah, yeah, like it sounds great. But this has a there's a 
with that pilsnery finish and that kind of like that bitterness, it's it's a little weird. Not bad though. I would I will I won't write that beer off. All right, let's start smelling B. Probably the one you were significantly more excited. Oh about. my goodness! Smell. Oh, oh, coffee and I guess a little bit of a little bit of heat from that ABV. Coffee. Um. Coffee, plenty of chocolate to it. There's like some. Milk I get a chocolate. little soy sauce, yes. jerky, yes, smell from it. There's a little, a little bit of salty. That. I get something that smells like a heat, like a chili, like I. And actually, the more I take like deep. Oh yeah, you smells, take a big deep breath. You do get like the jalapeno heater. Yeah. I get a little whatever. burn in my nasal yeah. cavity on that. It smells like it's got some chilies in it. That that strong soy sauce though kind of throws me off a little bit. It is strong, smell. but there's also, there's a decent chocolatey aspect in there, too. What I got when I first smelled it was a nice mix of a nice roasty coffee along with a milky chocolate. My my first smell was the was the coffee and soy sauce, and then the chocolate came afterwards. For, for me, the soy sauce comes in um, second to last, and it's the, the chili heat that hits me last. Yeah, that's what I got. It kind of burns my nose a little bit, but let's uh let's mm, taste this sucker. Interesting. Mm. I get the soy sauce flavor. I get plenty of coffee on it. That chocolatey, like milk chocolatey is it tastes aspect. like um like a be a milk stout. It's creamy and yeah. smooth. Yeah, not yeah, much yeah. carbonation like a milk stout would be. Yeah, there's definitely a nice body to it that's that is very lactic um very present like nice thick body um which which makes the those chocolatey flavors seem more like milk chocolate mm. to me and the aftertaste is very much kind of chocolate rolling over your tongue mm-hmm. um don't i don't find any heat or I, even like it i don't find it and i don't really taste like the like a pepper i flavor. do i get i get a little bit of a chili heat to it but it's in the middle. It's weird because I'm getting the the like the chocolate and coffee flavors and the soy sauce up front, and then I get a little bit of heat that builds up slowly and goes up a little bit, and then oh. comes right back down, and then it finishes with the milk chocolate. I just pushed them up to the top of my mouth. Yeah, and I was able to get a little bit of that, a little bit of that spice. And I also get a little bit of that, like the the green chili fruit flavor. It's kind of like earthy and vegetal. I get some of that in there in the middle of, of the flavor as well. But I like the the flavor ride that this beer takes you on. Yeah. It's 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 a nice little roller coaster. But it's like one of the kid roller coasters. You know, like just a few hills, <laughs> like the but they're not that high. Cups or the, yeah, yeah. Know, the, the county fair, you got the little dragon ride that takes mm-hmm. you just kind of up kinda and like, down and around. Like a nice little dragon ride. Because I'm actually not a person who enjoys roller coasters in the first place. It's a little too much, and I actually have a theory. I think they actually give you um, small brain injuries, like actual like mini concussions when you go on it. It's but, probably true, yeah. especially you know some of the big ones. They definitely whip you around quite a bit. So this beer is not giving me a concussion. It's just kind of giving me the thrill of a nice fluid ride. But that's good. Mm. I'm happy with that. I feel going, like all those flavors are kind of going back to A. I got a little bit more of the floral. Oh yeah. Oh, so I definitely. don't know if it's the the stout that kind of mm-hmm. 
helps bring that out or not. But going back to it, I get a little bit more of a floral note. And it's a, tastes a little bit better. I will say there's a little bit of a finish on it that is like a little like stomach acid. You know what I mean? Like when you get that kind of mouth like watering. Yeah. When you get the mouth watering feeling like you're about to throw up and mm-hmm. you get that kind of like stomach acid type tingle in your mouth. There's a little flash of that in A that is kind of turning me I'll, off. I'll agree to that. But other than that, if you take that away, there's some decent flavor in there. It's a little hard to fight that. So, okay. Oh, this is going to be hard for me to figure out <coughs> Excuse me, where to put these suckers. Um, do you have any idea where you want to go? Um, I think I'm going to give the stout a four. Okay. Which would be B. Um, it's pretty good overall. It's it's just lacking a little something to give it that edge. It's um, I think it being more of a, a lactic creamier. I'd I, it, I feel like it needs to have a little bit of carbonation to it. Okay, I can understand that. Um, for B, I don't know, we're going out of order, but for B, I actually I like that quite a bit. I love the way these flavors have been blended. The kind of like little trip that you go on with it and. If there are chilies in it, which I feel like there have to be, um, I think those are used very well because I don't like a ton of heat in my beers. And for me, it's kind of like at the perfect level. So I, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to go with six on this. I think this is quite good. Um, so Owen Malkin, the cat, is here. He wants to check it out. He's like, this is my new house. What's going on? So you might hear his tags jingling. All right, so A, what are you, what are you thinking for A? Um, I'll, I can go first for you. Okay. I like this half as much as I like B, so I'm gonna give it a three. And that's I was that's where I about I was. I was about a three. Okay, so three overall and a five overall for B. B is the obvious winner. So let's go ahead and reveal a overall three loser of the episode, but not a bad beer. Is oh okay. Um, uh. <laughs> it's by Victory Brewing, one of the beers that was on the top fifty. Yeah, uh, craft breweries for, by sales. It's out of their Blackboard series of beers, it's a Agave IPA with grapefruit. Okay. And it was enjoyed by June, so we're good. The 5th of June, so when we're recording right now, we're well over a month outside of that, so we're all right. And uh, uh, 7% alcohol by volume. You definitely don't get 7%. No. I think that weird flavor that we're getting... Maybe the agave. Yeah, be that agave for sure. Um, Interesting. It says... Fresh, crisp, and clean. This ale offers bold and refreshing flavors. We did we did talk about it being like crisp and refreshing. Yeah. Touch with agave syrup and grapefruit juice. I'm saying like the a juice? sweet lemon yeah. juice. I guess that's where we we're getting a little confused on that. This brew boasts great hop aroma and a light citric bite. Okay. I feel like yeah, not bad. All right. I feel like I think I bought that one in like a mix six, not too long ago. But I don't. I don't think it tasted like that. I can't remember if I bought it or I thought about buying it. So it's hard to say. But yeah, it's pretty good. It's just not. It's not exactly my style. Yeah, good enough to try once, in my opinion. For for me personally, good enough to try once. I guarantee there are going to be people out there who drink that and they're like, "Yeah, man, I could do that a lot more." Not me so much, but it's probably a good alternative. It's kind of like a gateway beer to give somebody a little bit more flavor, but still on the same level as. Your Bud Light Miller Light stuff. I could see that. 
All right, and B, the winner of the episode overall of five, which is a very good... It's a very good score. That's a very good score. Oh, all right. This is Prairie Artisan Ale's Bomb, which is an imperial stout aged on coffee, cocoa nibs, vanilla beans, and chili peppers. There we go. Nice. Okay. So we got... We didn't pick up the vanilla beans, but we got coffee, we got the chocolate from cocoa nibs, and we got the chili peppers. So you almost got it all. Uh, 13%. That's you, not thirteen no. percent at all. It tastes like. Oh. Let me give another sip here. Uh, that's crazy. And I'm assuming I know for a fact that this had to have come from my personal stash. So this beer actually was sent to me by a one Matt Harvey who lives out in Chicago area. Thank you very much, Matt Harvey, for sending this beer no, to still us. Still no vanilla. Drinks like a a six, maybe a seven. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no alcohol presence on this beer at all. I can't perceive 13. No. I can't even perceive close to 13. And I think part of it is the heat from the chilies kind of downplays yeah. your perception of mm-hmm. the alcohol heat. So um, that that's really interesting. We'll probably be feeling that 13 yeah. here shortly. but I mean, you could, yeah, I think when you said 8, it kind of tastes like an 8 to me. You might be able to convince me 9 on this. Yeah. But that's about as far as it goes, so... There's still four percent there yeah. that you're not perceiving. You, could, you at said thirteen percent. So 13, yeah, that's that's crazy. That's trying to think crazy. Thirteen percent. Let's see, Colossus in like one twenty minute or up in the seventeen area. Well, no, I think I think one one twenty by Dogfish is like eighteen percent. Eighteen percent. Seventeen or eighteen, and, and then Colossus is what like twenty one percent. Well, the newest ones, I think, were like 17. Okay. Um, The original Colossus, I think, was like 23. And then the batch after that was like 21. I think it's been coming down a little bit. And then the Yetis are in the 10 or 12, and those definitely feel 10 or 12. Hmm. Prairie Prairie Artisan Ales. Good job. Nowhere close to 13. Bomb, man. I've had this beer. I've had this beer a few times before, so... I feel like I need to bump it up, considering... I'd, I'd give it like an eight, <laughs> considering they hit the ABV that well. <laughs> yeah, if you but knew that ahead of time. Yeah, if you knew that ahead of time. That's why we have the discussion yeah. afterwards to kind of make qualifiers for it and say, oh, well, it got this one. We didn't even know this about yeah. it. We would have given it higher, but, you know, it's just how it goes. But as I continue to sip it more and more, I get even more chocolate. Like, the chocolate keeps building, which is never a problem. That is yeah, a great cho- thing. The more chocolate, the better. Yeah, in my opinion. I'm going too fast on it, too. I'm going to end up feeling it at I, some point. I actually, I actually do feel it. I feel it in my head. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Awesome. Well, uh, great episode. Thank you, Prairie Artisan Ales, for making a very nice beer. Thank you, Vince, from Golden Crust Pizza, for that Absolutely. Summer Thank Street you. IPA by Trillium. And whether you know it or so not, good. we'll be there for lunch. <laughs> Today. We're going to be ordering pizzas shortly. Mm-hmm. You may see him if he's around. But anyway, Nathan, thank you for being on. We're going to do at least one more episode. And um, thank you for providing the uh, the setting for this. Hey, no problem. And, um, it's nice. I got a, a special warm-up beer for the for the next Ooh. episode. Okay, I'm interested. Yeah. Let's do it. And uh, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. But until next time, please remember to... Keep it brutal.
This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production. 